0: It's kind of the, the answer we don't want to hear. We want to hear like the magic formula to, to grow this, but a lot of it is practice and dedication. They typically recommend for new people to spend an hour a week on this. So one hour a week, especially for business owners. It probably ends up being more for content creators, but for business owners, a one hour a week is a great kind of metric to start flexing those muscles and then you can expand to two hours and three hours and like really get comfortable in creating uh, content in that space.
1: We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. Hey there, Gillian Perkins here. Today I'm joined by guest expert, Andrea Jones, social media strategist and the host of the Savvy Social Podcast. I invited her onto the show today because not only is she an expert at using social media strategies to grow online business and impact the world, but she does so with a focus on simple strategies that give the biggest results with the least effort. Now, if you've been listening to work less earn more for a long all, then you know that that is what this show is all about. And I'm sure that you can see why I'm so excited to talk to Andrea today. Hey there, Andrea. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited for our
0: conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, I was so pleased when Sean sent over your website and I got to check out and see what you were doing because it seemed like exactly what I'm really looking for right now, kind of personally in my business. Now, of course, I'm sure you know that my business is largely on social media, but that doesn't mean that I've got it all figured out. And especially I tend to find that I find all sorts of complicated strategies. And because I kind of nerd out about this sort of thing, I tend to make my social Social media strategy a lot more complicated than it needs to be. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about maybe how we can simplify things a bit and share with the listeners how they can create a really solid social media strategy for their business that isn't too complex.
0: Yes, absolutely. I like geeking out about this stuff too, so I'm really excited to dig in.
1: (laughs) Could you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and about the work that you do?
0: Yes. So I kind of have a natural love for social media. I was one of those nerds in 2006, 2007. He was like super excited to get my Facebook account and to do all of the things on MySpace and even met my husband on YouTube. So my natural inclination for kind of the internet is where this comes from. Um, but in 2014, I started the business and it really started because I love spending time on social. And I quickly realized there are a lot of people who don't. It's simply a means to an end for them. And being that I had that natural inclination for it, I just started digging into it. And what I've learned over the years is that I've built systems for myself to manage this for my clients so that I'm not... On all the time and this came just from a need for it in 2017 so three years into the business I was getting anxiety attacks from like my notifications popping up on my phone and popping up on the screen and so the way that I approach social media today is based on these more mindful strategies and techniques because I was managing so many different accounts I literally couldn't do all of the things all of the time and so now I'm really excited to kind of share some of those strategies Um, with everyone else. And it really just starts with being intentional about what you want social media to do. And I think there is a difference between um, social media for content creators. So if you're a podcaster or a YouTuber, and social media for business owners. And so a lot of times, business owners who create content to grow their business have other things outside of content creation that are in their task list. They wear a lot of hats. So really just understanding how social media actually plays a role in the growth of your business is the first place that that I recommend starting.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Could you start by just giving us kind of a high level overview of how would a content creator approach social media and use social media versus a business owner?
0: Yeah, so it just depends on what the transaction is. So for a business owner, typically, your success is based on monetary means. So your transactions are people find you, they hire you for your services or your your products, and you exchange money for that typically for content creators your currency your transactions are based on attention so yes you get deals uh with brands or collaborations but typically that's all based on the amount of attention your brand gets so your currency is actually attention first, and then you can monetize that attention. And so it's a little bit of a different transaction. So if you understand as a content creator that you're going for attention, then your strategy is really revolved around that purpose and that goal. Whereas a business owner, if it's more transactional, like you're selling a product or service, then that's really your end game and that's really the metric that you're going to track and and really is the indicator of whether either success or failure of your campaigns.
1: Hmm. Okay. So what this is reminding me of is when I run a Facebook ad campaign, I get to optimize it for (laughs) immediately. This is getting so nerdy, right? But I get to (laughs) optimize it for what like my true objective is, do I want clicks? Do I want to actually get people to sign up for something? Do I want people to actually buy something? And so you're saying that for a business owner, you need to optimize your social media for that transaction. It doesn't so much matter like quite how many eyeballs are on it. It matters how many of them are actually converting into paying customers. Whereas someone who is just a content creator, the thing that matters the most is like how many eyeballs are on it. So they're optimizing more for like clicks almost.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, exactly like you said for ads, optimizing for conversions and people actually taking a specific action versus optimizing for views or even duration. Like, you know, on YouTube, for instance, one of the most powerful metrics is how much of your videos people watch, mm-hmm. not necessarily just the initial views, but how long did they watch? And so it's those sorts of metrics that you want to pay attention to as content creators. Um, I know it's a little bit harder with podcasts. I, I, <laughs> struggle with that as well. But, you know, we really want to try to make sure like as content creators, people are actually consuming our content um, mm-hmm. versus business owners, we really want them to maybe uh, meet us and get to know us. But that's just the first step, we really need them to kind of convert into other other things.
1: What do you think about people who really feel like they are at the the crosshairs of those two sections, like they're in the middle of that Venn diagram where content is such an important part of their business? And so, for, for example, in my business, and of course, this is why I'm asking this question in my business, I'm not just selling a product and that is just my single goal, right? I don't just want someone to become a customer. I want to impact people through my free content as well. So my free content isn't just a means to an end. It has a goal of its own, which is to reach you know thousands and thousands of people who maybe can't afford to or aren't ready to pay for a paid product. And so how do you think I can choose which objective to go for or which objective should I be going for? Or can I have two objective? What's your take on that?
0: Yes, you definitely can have multiple objectives. It it, it really depends on the level of business owner that you are. So a newer content creator really is focused on building out the attention of their audience and the retention. They need people who keep coming back to their videos or keep coming back to their podcasts, or even now with TikTok, keep watching their TikTok videos. Um, Whereas once you establish that audience, yes, your goal is to continue to reach new people, but it's probably going to broaden into other things. Things. Like if you do have a big collaboration campaign with a brand partner, then you probably want to start looking at the metrics of how many people are actually engaging that, that brand partner's products as well. And so mm-hmm. you do actually layer in other secondary and tertiary um, kind of objectives. But your main objective still is you know building your audience and maintaining your audience because that's really how you continue to work with brands long term mm-hmm. as well.
1: So how do you, what do you think is the best way to balance that?
0: Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of time blocking and I know that a lot of creators don't like this, but hear me out because I used to think I was this free spirit. Um, like I said, I had a YouTube channel and I would just create as I felt, like I needed to, and then post as I needed to. And what happened was I was posting like one or two videos a month because I was Mm -hmm. basing it off of how I felt at the time. And most of the time I didn't feel like doing it. Um, or I spent a lot of time on like this one little video. So I think there's, there's a power in giving yourself a container to create and there's a power in giving yourself space to create. And even if in the space, the first couple of times you aren't successful, you got to keep doing it. And I like to relate this to working out. So when you go to the gym, your first instinct isn't to go to like 100 pound weights and start lifting them, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe that's your end goal is like, I want to lift 100 pound weights. Well, you got to start with... Five, maybe on about five, 10, 15-pound weights, and then work your way up. And it's probably going to take several months before you get there, years maybe. So I think sometimes when we think about creating social media content, We approach it as if we're like, okay, I can lift a hundred pounds. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And a lot of us need to start off with the five or 10 pound version first and kind of build up those muscles and those skills to get to the place where we can, you know, easily create this, you know, dynamic content. Um, and I do feel like, especially as adults, we don't like starting over again. We don't like not knowing. We don't like, you know, trying to figure something out again. We just want to be good at it. Second, we like pick up Instagram, or the second we sign up for a TikTok, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And so, I think we just need to give ourselves grace and the time to actually develop skills to be good at social media marketing.
1: And it sounds like those skills just come through practice, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the,
0: um, the answer we don't want to hear. We want to hear like the magic formula to, to grow this, but a lot of it is practice and dedication. And then that, that kind of space I typically recommend for new people to spend an hour a week on this. So one hour a week, especially for business owners, it probably ends up being more for content creators, but for business owners, a one hour a week is a great, kind of metric to start flexing those muscles and then you can expand to two hours and three hours and like really get comfortable in creating uh, content in that space
1: what would you recommend a business owner who is new to content creation and content marketing would do with that one hour yes so prior to the one
0: hour, you do want to set yourself up for success. So, um, there's kind of three different, um, kind of success things that you want to set up for yourself. The first is you want to figure out what you're going to say. And I think typically a lot of business owners, that's where they get stuck. You know, they open up the Instagram app and they look at that little cursor blinking and they're like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Um, so you kind of want to give yourself some space. And, uh, typically I want you to start thinking about the transformation that your product or service brings so if you create well let's say you create uh, audio drama, like a podcast. Mm-hmm. So if it's an audio drama, what's what's the experience like? How does it feel? Are people gonna feel scared? Are they gonna be spooked? Are they gonna feel like they need to turn on the lights? Like those are all great things to describe your work. Um, if you have a product, are people gonna use it in their everyday lives? How are they gonna use it? If you have a service, um, how is it gonna transform people's lives? Like let's say you're a virtual assistant, people can go from being completely destroyed and overwhelmed to having someone who can manage their inbox for them so it's like start writing down some of those transformations the before and the after and then that way that hour you're just kind of picking and choosing a few of those mm-hmm. um, and then the second thing I recommend is giving yourself some guidelines for the visual aspects. And this really depends on the platform. And right now, Instagram is one of the more popular ones. So if we think about Instagram, think about what different photos you choose or what kind of graphics you design. I like Canva, Canva Mm canva.com it's a great tool for designing Mm -hmm. graphics um and then the third thing you want to think about as well is the actual posting of the content so some of my students just write it in a google doc and then every day they copy and paste it to where they want to to go. You can use a scheduling tool like Planoly or something like that, Um, or you can use a more advanced tool like Fan Booster or Sendable. And so it really just depends on kind of where you are, but you want to have those three things laid out before you start working on that hour, because then the hour you're actually just working on, okay, what is this caption going to say and what is this specific kind of imagery going to look like or say as well.
1: So when you first create that list of those different transformations that you create for your customers, what would be your best advice on how to use those things to create the captions? Yes. And
0: this is where a lot of us get stuck, especially as content creators. I don't know if you feel this way as well, but you spend so much time like making the video or styling for a shoot or something like that. That when you go to actually say words about it, you're like, what are words? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, We all get stuck there. Um, so one of the easy formulas that I like to use for this is called the ABCs of writing a caption. The A is attention. So draw their attention in some way. And typically a question works really here, uh, really well here. And you really want to have a question, um, that, encourages people to tap read more or see more because sometimes that's all they see is a question Mm -hmm. so if you're a virtual assistant the question could be um do you have way more emails in your inbox than you ever know what to do with like that's a really like oh I feel called out sort of question. And then the B of this is the benefit. So we've got A, attention, B, benefits, and that's where you start putting in the transformation. And, you know, hire me to help you organize your inbox. I can also respond to emails for you. I can also help set up scripts for you or whatever virtual assistants do. And then the C is the call to action. So we've got attention, benefits, and call to action. And with the call to action, you want to be really clear here because of how fast-paced social media is and because this post in and of itself is mixed in with like hundreds of thousands of other posts and that people see in a day. So be crystal clear. You're going to start feeling repetitive here, but repetition is actually your friend. So you want to start talking about how people can work with you. Do they book a consultation call? Do they visit your website? Where do they go to like, give you money and information. Um, and so if you start using those formulas, you'll start seeing that you'll, you're pulling in those transformations in each section of the formula. And it makes it a lot easier to write that post when you're talking about your offer or your product or your service.
1: Sounds like a really simple, straightforward way to think about writing those posts. I noticed that it's a really transaction-oriented post, right? And generally, when I'm creating my social media content, I want a certain percentage of it to be that really transaction-oriented content, but I find that when too much of it is like that, then you know, it doesn't really draw people in and kind of spark a conversation and get them to engage with my content as much. So a certain percentage of people who see it will, you know, go and do the thing, book the call, listen to the podcast or whatever the call to action is. But then the rest of the people are kind of just like left out in the cold. Like they don't have anything to do if they're not ready to do that thing right then. It doesn't really invite them to necessarily comment or, or even like it. What do you think is a good mix between like different types of posts that you'd put on social media? What other types of posts should you include and and what like percentages or ratios between them are, is good
0: Yes. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because one of the questions that I often get from people who do tend to post a lot of those transactional and promotional posts is nobody's engaging with my content I'm mm-hmm. posting it and I'm not getting likes and comments. And the reason is because you're not asking for it. You're really telling people to go do something else. And if you do that all the time, the algorithm, you know, that crazy algorithm thing is going to go, Hey, every time someone lands on your post, they're leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it's benefiting you, it's not benefiting the social platform. So typically, I recommend um, if you're looking at the intent of the posts to at least at the the very least have one in every three posts be asking for something um mm-hmm. a lot these days a lot people uh, people get away with a lot fewer than that so maybe one in every five is asking for something and okay. so if we look at the intent of the post i'm asking them to go do something else then the other two to four posts you want to have with the intention of being engaging and there's two different types of engagements that i like to 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 count on social media The first one is actually engaging on your posts with conversation. So that's typically comments. You can put likes in that category as well, but you really want people commenting um, and contributing to the conversation and also discussing amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And so kind of threaded comments work best here. And so asking a question works really great. If you get stuck, a poll, is a really great way to start some of those conversations and get in the comments yourself as people are responding, kind of respond back. Um, so by a poll, I mean, ABC, um, do you prefer, I don't know, summer, spring, winter, fall. That's a silly example, but yeah. everyone has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the people who don't, they just kind of go, I'm none of these. And then that also starts a conversation. <laughs> um, But the other type of engagement that I like to look for is shareable content. And this is becoming more and more valuable On social media because we want people to resonate so much with it that they then share it with their people like oh my gosh I just saw this neat infographic or this meme or this quote and I'm sharing it because I see myself in it I think everyone else will resonate with it and it's such a powerful way to um, kind of encourage some engagement Um, and it's it's really hard to manufacture you really have to be tuned into your people, what they think, what they feel, to be able to create that kind of content. So it's a lot of listening first before creating.
1: Could you give a few more examples of what that shareable content could look like, aside from just like a quote? Yes. Um, so
0: right now, infographics are working really well, specifically statistics. So one of mm-hmm. my clients is a career coach for women of color in corporate America. And so a lot of the, the types of posts that get shared are, you know, statistically, there just aren't a lot of women of color in the C-suite, for instance. So mm-hmm. CEOs, COOs, CFOs. And so sharing quotes like that help people realize that they're not the only ones. And it encourages them to take action on certain things that they believe in. So people love to share some things like that. But on the more like less serious side, more fun side, memes are the way to go. If you think about um TikTok is doing a really great example of this. It's like meme culture just wrapped up all into the platform where people literally will create the same content over and over again and somehow still funny. But we're sharing it, right? Like if you're on TikTok and you see one that's funny, what do you do? You share it with a friend. And so it's kind of that content that people go, I feel seen. I feel heard. One of my favorite ones right now is um, sharing your screen on Zoom. Like We all go... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm about to share it. Can you see my screen? Like we all ask those questions. It's because we see ourselves in those types of posts. So if
1: you can somehow tap into that type of content, it's really powerful. That's great. And I love that you're making that distinction between those two different types of engagement um, because I think that sometimes that's like a hard thing to kind of analyze as you're looking at someone else's social media account and you're just like, man, why are they getting so many likes, so many comments? And just like helping assort those things into these different baskets of like the promo content where you're asking for something, the engagement content where you're asking a question, trying to get people to engage with that post, and then the sharing content. And I tend to find the sharing content is sometimes the trickiest to do, but it's the content that tends to bring the most new people into my audience. So it's worth the effort. Oh, yes. And I think that's
0: part of the missing piece sometimes with social media is we can get stuck talking In our own communities when the real impact comes from bringing new people in consistently Mm -hmm. and that shareable content is one of the most powerful ways to do it because it's not just us saying, oh, I'm awesome. Check out my stuff. It's other people saying, hey, this person's awesome. Check out their stuff. So I think it's just it's so powerful.
1: Do you have any thoughts on when creating or publishing that shareable content, whether it's better, maybe this isn't a better or worse sort of thing, but to share original shareable content. So like your own quote or a meme you made up or something like that versus sharing stuff other people made that you're just resharing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually highly debated <laughs> in the social media <laughs> management community. Um, I think my personal opinion is as long as you give credit to where you're sharing it from, 90% of the time, it is okay to reshare other people's content, especially, again, if you're giving credit. Yeah. Um,
1: I would totally agree with you there. Like as a content creator, sometimes people email me and ask, is it okay if I quote you? Is it okay if I share your video? And I'm always like, yes, of course. Like I want more people to see it. So as long as you're giving credit, totally fine. I'm more wondering as the person who might be sharing it, like what do you think is more strategic to do? More strategic to share stuff you made yourself or more strategic to share stuff that's already popular?
0: Listen, I'm a huge fan of thinking that content creators and business owners are leaders. And so I'm going to encourage you to put on your leadership hat and create your own content. Mm -hmm. Um, there is, you know, there are some times when, you know, sharing other content can be great. Um, but if you're trying to really make an impact with you and your work, and if that's your mission, then creating your own content and your own space and your own like way of approaching this, to me, is the best way to do it. Uh, but obviously, there are accounts that just kind of collect our shared internet experience and our memes mm-hmm. and those sorts of things like meme accounts, but um, they don't really have something memorable about them. And yeah. so I think if you if you want to have lasting memorable power with your audience, then creating your own content's the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting example that she mentioned there because you see those accounts that have millions and millions of followers and they just reshare stuff. And so it seems like resharing stuff that's already popular, already kind of proven in the the market of social sharing, right? Uh, that re- works really well to get the attention, to get the eyeballs. But it doesn't do much to build your brand because, as you mentioned, those brands are kind of forgettable. Like they haven't built their authority or their credibility on any topic. They just have a lot of people's attention and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then it's harder
0: to leverage that attention later on. So if they did want to create a product or offer a service of some kind or even collaborate with other brands, it's really tough to kind of make that collaboration and establish some sort of way to monetize that because there's no, there's really no brand behind it. It's just a collection of things. Um, and so I know people have had success with it, but it seems to be momentary success and not really the long lasting success that a lot of us are looking for.
1: Yeah, it seems like if you go more that route, then when it comes time to try to build the authority of your brand and build the credibility of your brand and sell something, you're almost starting from scratch. Like, yes, you have this leg up in terms of the attention, but in terms of building your brand, you're starting from scratch. So that kind of gives some more clarity to that question of, you know, should you be resharing stuff that other people created versus sharing stuff that you created? It sounds like sharing stuff you created is definitely the way to go. Although obviously that does require more effort. So maybe there is a balance there, right? Depending on how much time you have and things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I can use an analogy for this, it's almost like renting an apartment versus owning a home. Like if you rent an apartment, you can pay to live there. But if you leave, you don't get anything from that. You've just, you're just paying for that spot. Whereas if you own a home, even though you're, you may be paying maybe the same amount each month or something similar, when you want to leave that home, you actually can sell it and get back a lot of that equity that you put into it. And so when you're creating your own content, yeah, it does, it's a lot of work, but it's that work that has long lasting effects and, and a ripple effect into growing you and your brand and, and kind of your space
1: in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, I think that's really profound.
2: The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions, and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode.
1: Okay, so let's move on change topics slightly to I alluded earlier on to this idea of getting bigger results with less effort. What are these like simple strategies that will give us that those biggest results kind of the biggest bang for our work buck? What are some of your best tips for that when it comes to planning your social media strategy and creating content? Yes.
0: So first off, if you're new to social media, I do recommend starting with one platform. So I don't want you to try to spread yourself across all of them because you're really, let's say you have a hundred percent of energy. You maybe put 10% there, 10% and you're only going to get that 10% back. Whereas if you put a hundred percent of your energy into something like Instagram, for instance, you're going to see way more results way faster, even though you may feel that FOMO, that fear of missing out because Maybe someone else is doing great on TikTok or Twitter or something like that. Um, So really focus on that one. And then as you start layering in other platforms, see how you can create the same content or the same ideas onto other platforms. So I'll give a tangible example of this. Um, I'm studying TikTok right now. It's a lot (laughs) of fun. But what I have found is that there is... A huge opportunity to spend a lot of time there and I don't want to spend a lot of time there some of my best content is me re-saying things that I've said on the podcast or in a YouTube video or in a newsletter and so when you think about creating content think about how you can take the concepts and translate them into other platforms and that's really how you get the best bang for your buck because you're not having to recreate that content again in its entirety maybe it's a different form format, but you're bringing it to new audiences and you're kind of um, reducing the amount of time that you have to spend deciding on what that content could be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last kind of tip I'll leave in this section is all about um, community and collaboration. So I think as even as business owners and content creators, um, sometimes the community part of social media can also feel like a huge time suck. And like, we don't really see the ROI from it. But honestly, social media is designed to be social. And some of the best connections I've made on social media happened quite organically. Um, but very, I'm very stringent with my time. And with my students, I recommend them do this as well. So what I do is just like with my one hour a week for content creation i give myself a time limit it's typically about 15 minutes per day per platform and i'm spending that time intentionally engaging and i typically have a goal in mind so i started off talking about how um you want to make sure social media has a purpose in your life and in your business and for me a lot of my best clients and students actually aren't on social media that's why they need me. <laughs> um, and so my best um, time spent is looking for other people they may be looking at. So business coaches, brand strategists, graphic designers. And so I just spend time looking for those people on social media, engaging with them, connecting with them, and then going about my day. And this can feel challenging for a lot of people. And it's not your fault. It's because social media is literally designed to like suck you in and like keep you scrolling forever. But if you give yourself that time limit of 15 minutes per day per platform, then you'll see the results build over time.
1: So is that 15 minutes per day per platform in addition to some like a bigger chunk of time that you're spending creating content for the platform? Or are you including content creation in that time?
0: it's not content creation uh related it's only okay. engaging so this is over and above the content creation time and for my content creators out there who already spend more than this that's fine just make sure you have an intentional amount of time so some people especially if they have larger communities may spend an hour or two a day on this um, but just make sure you're really specific about that time being time to actually be in your community engage respond to comments search for other people that you can actually leave comments on their uh, accounts and their platforms as well.
1: I love what you said about sticking to just one platform when you are just starting out. I say that all the time. I think it's so important because it's hard to get momentum on any social media platform and like really start to get visibility, get traction, get the algorithm to pay attention to you and to start sharing your content for you and things like that. And so if you do spread yourself thin between multiple platforms, then I just find it takes virtually forever to get that momentum, get that ball rolling versus if you can make more progress on one platform, then that's when you really start to see that growth happen there. And then you can kind of uh, diversify yourself after that a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as you start going through this, um, one of the questions I often get as well is, you know they start using instagram and they're like i kind of like it but i would much rather have someone else do it it's okay to outsource some pieces of this you don't have to do all of it um, and so one of the, the easiest ways to do this is get a virtual assistant to actually post it for you so maybe you write the caption and you put the graphics together and the photos but you can have someone else actually be on there posting it for you or doing other little things for you and so as this as your business grows the demands for your attention will grow definitely consider outsourcing social media as you need to
1: that is a great tip and that's where i'm at right now i would say where we have a lot of it outsourced i'm still working on refining the best way to have people help me with social media because with a personal brand you know it's kind of tough to figure out how can someone help you when it needs to be your face on camera and that sort of thing Okay, so let's cover just a couple more very related topics now, and then we're going to get to some questions from the Startup Society members. Um, my next question for you is, could you outline what a really simple social media strategy could look like just overall, just for someone who's like, you know, what is this actually going to look like? Just help them to visualize that.
0: Yes. So we have our hour a week that we're scheduling. And let's say you're brand new. So I would suggest starting out with three posts a week. You're going to do one post that promotes what you offer. Or if you don't have something for sale, maybe it's promoting a uh content piece you created like a blog or a podcast or YouTube video you're gonna have one post a week that asks a question with the intention of getting people to comment and you're gonna have one post a week that's gonna stretch you a little bit so maybe it's either storytelling something personal sharing a statistic or even designing some sort of infographic and that's what you're gonna focus on for at least 90 days so three posts spend that hour maybe the first couple of times you only get one post out of it that's fine we want to work up Uh, and then every. Every day on your platform of choice, you're going to spend 15 minutes engaging on that platform. Set a a little reminder, I like to use Asana for task management, so literally have like check Instagram, check Facebook and set your timer, do 15 minutes and engage. And when you engage a great place to look is start with someone you really admire in your industry. So for me, for instance, I may go to someone like, um, Amy Porterfield's Instagram, look at the people who are liking and commenting on her latest post, go check them out, see what they're all about. This is not about promoting. This is all about connection, genuine connection. Um, and then, once a month, I want you to set a date with yourself to actually look at what's working. And this is really where people tend to kind of lose steam a little bit, because it numbers aren't really sexy. Like data can be a little bit like sticky. We don't like looking at it sometimes, but this is where the magic really happens. So at the end of the, your first month, I want you to go back and look at that promotional post there may not be a lot of likes and comments but see if anyone clicked the link in your bio or um, went to visit your website and then for the other two posts take a look at how many people even saw the post did you see impressions go up or reach go up did you see some comments come in and then start taking notes of what actually worked and that's a really simple way to approach social media is looking at the content giving yourself that container for creating it spending intentional time every day growing your community, and then measuring what works and making sure that anything that doesn't, like let's say you do try um, statistic p- posts and you're using graphs and things and your audience is just not really connecting with it, then swap it out for something else. And instead of wasting so much time on something that's not working for you
1: love that thank you so much for spelling that out that makes it really simple for anyone who is just starting out um and i can easily see how that would create just a really solid foundation both in terms of like a content bank but also for starting to grow your audience okay and then the last thing i wanted to ask you about was something that when we were chatting about you know what we're going to talk on today's episode something you mentioned that maybe you could talk about and i'm really curious to hear your take on this um what you said was why you should consider posting less content on social media
0: yes so i think that a lot of us get into this content generation machine (laughs) like we start pushing out content pushing out content and there's something in our brains that starts feeling resentful for this and we start disliking social media and i don't know if you've been noticing this lately as well but there's a lot of people who go i'm deleting instagram from my phone (laughs) right? I don't want to look at it. And then they re-download it again a couple months later and they're back (laughs) into this mode. And I do think it's because we push out a lot of content. And so the number one thing I challenge to my business owners and content creators out there is to spend more time engaging and less time creating content and see what happens. That is honestly, truly where the magic is, is if you spend more time engaging and networking and building relationships with the people in your community, you'll actually see so much more success. And then on the technical side, the algorithms these days, especially on platforms like Instagram, um, even TikTok now, um, the algorithms are not favoring um, quantity. They're favoring quality. Mm-hmm. So if you can spend less time creating a really quality post, you'll see a lot more value from it in the long term than, you know, pumping out like a half a dozen posts in a week and then wondering why none of them stuck just because you felt like you had to check off all of those boxes um and so it is part art part science but i do think that spending a little bit less time on creating uh creating content will actually help us extend the life of our own mental health of <laughs> like creating all of this content and also um really tune us into creating that quality content
1: Oh, for sure. And I love it when there's those like win-win situations where you're saying we can be like happier and this can be more sustainable. And at the same time, we can get better results by posting less higher quality content. So we're not having to sacrifice anything here. We get to, you know, have, have the cake and eat it too. I love that. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Before we wrap this up, listen into to this question a Startup Society member asked during the live stream.
1: So let's see. The first one comes from Leanne Bordreau. And Leanne said, what are the primary ways to market on Pinterest? So someone who's just thinking about maybe giving Pinterest a try. You know, how does Pinterest work for marketing?
0: yes pinterest is a giant search engine much like youtube so any youtube seo researcher doing can also apply to pinterest just think about what people would search for and create pins for that
1: great okay um so the next one comes from gabe cox who's actually one of our coaches at startup society and she wanted to know she said love this topic social media can be such a burnout what are the best ways to show up and find your right audience in the shortest amount of time Yes.
0: So so think about your audience and what they're searching for and what they're looking at and then go there. Um, So an example would be if your audience is really into, I don't know, Bridgerton, the show on Netflix, which I'm obsessed Mm with, uh, go to that page and see if they're liking and commenting there. That's typically the best way to start instead of waiting for them to find you.
1: Uh, So are you saying like, well, I'm just wondering, like, which which comes first? Do you know your audience is interested in that particular show? So you go and look for like groups of people who are talking about it or you go there to see if people are interested in it
0: you kind sense? of have to know your audience. Yeah, it definitely does yeah. make sense. You kind of have to know your audience and where they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll use a different example. Let's say you have a podcast all about yoga. Then maybe you're going to go to yoga with Adrian, who's an amazing YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Does not have a podcast, though. So maybe you're going to go and start engaging with all of these people who love yoga content. And there may be some natural connections that come a- come about from that engagement.
1: Okay. So it sounds like what you're saying is that you want to go to something like the page or the channel or the account of something that you know your audience has an interest in and start just talking to them there and start developing those connections and that conversation. Is that what I'm understanding?
0: Yes, Yes, absolutely. The easiest thing to do is go to their latest post and then see what the comments and conversations are and just jump in where you feel it is a fit.
1: (laughs) Then we've got a question from Sarah North, and she said, how to be personable but still sell well as a mix of service and product-based businesses. She says she sells wedding stationery.
0: Yes, so I think really understanding those transformations is where it's gonna be key for you. And when I talk about the transformations, I'm really talking about the feelings. So it may not be the stationary, like, you know, what kind of paper it is, what kind of ink it is, but really the feeling, like people want people, they want their their friends and family to feel maybe invited when they send out their invite. They want it to feel luxe. they want it to feel homey, they want it to feel whatever kind of way. So if you can focus on the feeling that may help you to quote unquote sell more so than focusing on the more tactile pieces of what you do.
1: OK, so to wrap up our question, uh, we're going to answer a question from Denise Wilbanks. And so she starts out by asking a question that you already definitely covered, wondering whether you recommend posting regularly across all social media platforms or just focusing on one or two. So I think we've been really clear about that. But her follow up question, I thought was really good. She said, if so, how do you prioritize which social media platforms to focus on? Yes. So there's two
0: things I like to ask with this question. Uh, the first is, is there a platform you already like? Because if I tell you Instagram is the way to go, or you got to be on LinkedIn and you log into LinkedIn and you go, I hate it here. I'm never locking in again. It doesn't matter if I tell you to be on there, you're not going to use it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so try to use one. If you already use it, try to see if that's one for you. And then The second tip is just start searching and seeing if your target audience, your ideal client or customer is on that platform. And you can search um, different things. There's lots of lots of information out there. Um, But honestly, right now, Instagram is great no matter what kind of business you have. So I tend to recommend that for new businesses starting now. And then depending on the style of your business, Twitter can also be really great, especially if you're into political activism or things like that. It can, you can really do uh, great on those two platforms.
1: Awesome. Well, Andrea, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time today and for just everything that you've shared with us. Uh, to f- wrap this up, where can people go to find out more about you? Yes. Check me out on Instagram.
0: That's where I hang out, at Online Drea. You can also check out my free course, onlinedrea.com slash free, if you want more information on my approach to social media.
1: Awesome. We'll be sure to link those in the show notes so people can find you more easily. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit StartupSociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More, a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.